Welcome to the Arkansas Baptist Women Podcast. This year, we are focusing on what it means to be an Arkansas Baptist woman, a woman who loves the Lord, lives on mission for the gospel, is present in her calling, is trained and equipped to lead, and is sold out to Jesus. I'm excited to talk about life, ministry, and our relationship with Jesus. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. My husband is a pastor of a church plant that we launched two and a half years ago. Um, and I realized whether it's, it's through the local church, North American Mission Board, wherever God has you, it's the privilege of a lifetime just to get to serve Jesus. And he has placed you ladies where you are. Some of you are like, I don't know why you have me here, God. <laughs> but, but listen, God has us where we are on purpose for a purpose. Uh, you, so Deidre, you mentioned my two kids. Let me just give you a little bit of insight into these two little ones. Uh, any of you have boys? All right, all right, good number of you. All right, our little boy Isaac is probably the most easygoing, gentle little guy, uh, super, super kind, sweet, uh, quiet, all right? Anybody have girls? <laughs> all right. My girl Ava is not that. <laughs> uh, I can tell you story after story about our little Ava, but one of my favorite stories that recently just happened is we're sitting around the, day, the dinner table, and uh, Ava did something that probably wasn't the most kind thing to Isaac. And so my husband Chris says, hey, I don't think that's what Jesus would do. And Ava looks at him straight face, and she goes, well, we all do things differently, don't we? <laughs> to point people to Jesus. We get to, we get to be in our workplaces. Uh, if we're, we're, m most of us are not full-time in the local church, and we get to be in other places that God places us because he wants to use us to point other people to Jesus. And my prayer is that we never get over what Jesus has done in our life. Because, ladies, if we get over what Jesus has done in our life, we will never tell other people what he can do in their life, too. And so can I just pray for us, and then we'll get started. Lord Jesus, we love you. And I'm so thankful for just my sisters in this room right now. You have us here, and I fully believe that it's not by coincidence that we're here. It's not by accident that we're here. You knew what, was, what is going on in the life of all of these sisters, and I pray that over the next few minutes that this will just be an encouragement to them. Father, you've allowed us to be a part of what you're doing through your church. And God, we don't take that lightly. We don't take it for granted. And sometimes we get tired, and sometimes we get weary, and sometimes the circumstances just get hard, and that's where some of us are. But Lord, I pray that you would ignite all over again, reignite the passion in our hearts for you, for what you've done in our life, and what you want to do through us. Use me, Lord, in these next few moments. God, I don't deserve this at all. 
And I'm very grateful. I pray, Lord Jesus, for, for just courage, clarity, and confidence in you alone. It's in your name I pray. Amen. All right, ladies. So I was thinking about what we're going to talk about today. And one of the things that, that I love about Andrea is her heart for the gospel. And you know that about her. And so when she said, hey, we're, we would love to just talk about evangelism strategies in general, but talk about whatever you want. Uh, creating a culture of evangelism has been something that we're really focused on uh, at our team at the North American Mission Board uh, because we believe that evangelism is more than just a campaign that we do, but it has to become a culture. It has to become who we are as followers of, of Jesus. Um, and I love this. I sat in one of the main sessions earlier, and Noe, uh, Pastor Noe, talked about creating a culture of evangelism. I had no idea that's what he was talking about. So I'll just say we're going to, the Lord knew, knew what he was doing. Yeah. And so I think this is a, a message that he wants us to hear. And before we dive in, I'm not going to, I'm not going to teach a message right now, but I do think the most important word that we can hear is from the word of God. And so if you have a Bible and you want to open it up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm just going to read a few verses to get us started. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <coughs> Starting in verse 17, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Anybody grateful for that? Mm -hmm. He's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I love this. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. I am so grateful for that. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This passage of scripture has just kind of rocked my world as I've, as I've thought through creating a culture of evangelism and what that looks like. Um, one of the things that, that I want to start with is, is going back to um, two, things, two reasons that as ministry leaders, we really should focus on creating this culture of evangelism in our context. Uh, we talked about in the main sessions, Pastor Noe talked about creating a culture of evangelism within the church. But here's the thing. If you're leading a ministry area or a group, discipling a group of girls or whatever it is that God has called you to, the culture of evangelism is just as important in your ministry context as it is the church as a whole. Because your, your ministry is part of the church. And so we get an opportunity to point people to Jesus. We get to invite people to know Jesus. We get to equip those that we serve and lead to do the same as they're living their life on mission. So I want to give you two reasons why we should do this. Create a culture of evangelism. The first is this. Because it's why we exist. As people, we are created to know Jesus. And our purpose doesn't start there. Because once we know Jesus, then we're called to make Jesus known. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, we read it a minute ago. Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. I love the urgency that you hear in that, right? In, in Paul's words, we implore you. In other words, we beg you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Every follower of Jesus 
is an ambassador of Christ. Every fold. Now, most of us tend to think about living our lives in such a way that we represent Jesus well through the things that we say, uh, through our actions. Uh, we want people to see Jesus in us by the way we live our life, and that's so important. But we can't just rely on our actions. We can be good people without people realizing that it's only in Christ that we're good people, right? Apart from God, we are not good. No one is righteous, not even one. And so we get to be a part of what God is doing by being Christ's representatives. Uh, we get to implore people. We get to beg people to come to know Jesus. Uh, but here's what I would ask. How many of us, Think regularly about people in our life that don't know Jesus. That we're begging them to put their faith in Jesus. And how many people, ladies in our ministry, are being equipped to go out and beg their friends to know Jesus. Beg their family members to know Jesus. I wonder, do we have such a passion and such a burden for lost people that we're willing to beg them? When I think about a lady in my own life, her name's Miss B. She's in her 80s. Miss B was a neighbor of ours. She's a devout Hindu lady. She does not know Jesus. And the first time we ever talked about Jesus, nine years ago, she said, no, no, no. You believe what you believe. I'll believe what I believe. We'll be friends. Good? And I said, okay. And so we just developed this relationship over time. Years later, you know, after hanging out, talking, she walks her dog like twice a day, so we just get to meet up outside. You know, we get to talk more and more. One day she came into our house for dinner, and she explained everything she could about Hinduism and what she believes and why. We got to actually talk about the gospel and really just compare, um, but, but it ended there. A couple years later, she came to church with me for the first time, and I went to the Hindu temple with her. Why? Just because I want her to know I love her. <laughs> I want to meet her where she is. Then she came to a ladies' gathering with us, and I was mind-blown and excited, but then so disappointed because we talked about the gospel. I know. And someone asked us to write out our testimony. And I was like, really? Miss B finally came to a church event with me, and we're writing out our testimony, and she doesn't have one? And it was like, God was like, hey, will you just chill out, Catherine? <laughs> I knew what you were going to be talking about. I knew Miss B was coming with you. I've got this under control. <laughs> On the way home, I asked Miss B, hey, what did you write down for your testimony? And she said, well, I just wrote this. And she explained, like, how I came to believe in the God that I believe in. And uh, she goes, she says this. There's one difference between the two of us, Catherine. And I said, what's that difference? She said, well, you're confident where you will spend eternity, and I'm not. I thought, that's a big difference. And I said, but can I just tell you that there was a time in my life that I did not know where I was going to spend eternity? She looked at me, and she said, really? And I told her about my life before Christ. Miss B put her hand on my hand while I was driving. I'll never forget this moment. And she said, maybe. Jesus is real. And maybe he put you in my life for a reason. And I thought, no, he did, and I know the reason. <laughs> he wants a relationship with you. And she said, not today. Not today. I thought, well, we've come a long way from no conversations to that. Fast forward to last year, year and a half ago, we went out to lunch. 
uh, at an Indian restaurant. She was explaining some guys that were kind of around the restaurant to me. And then we were leaving and she goes, Catherine, nobody's loved me like you have. And she goes, I just want you to know it's because of your life. This is gonna make me tear up. I've told this story a lot. She goes, because it's your life that I know Jesus is real and maybe one day I'll just have faith like you do. Y'all, she still to this day does not know Jesus, but look what he's doing along the path. There are people in your life that don't know Jesus that you've tried to share with, that you've tried to, to, to point to him through your actions or words or whatever, and the enemy says give up. Listen, I cannot imagine being in heaven without Miss B. And I know if something happened to her today, that would be the case. Y'all, we get to implore people on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. And the enemy will use so many things to keep us from doing that. Fear, doubt, uncertainty, you name it. But man, we got to have such a passion and a burden for the people around us that we are willing to beg them to know Jesus. It's literally why we exist. We won't spend that long on every single point. <laughs> we'll be here all day. But, oof, what am I doing here? Uh, or go tell it on the mountain too. <laughs> um, okay, secondly, it's why our ministries exist. So we gotta create a culture of evangelism uh, because it's why we exist as people, but it's also why our ministries exist. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 says, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I always go back to the why we do what we do. Why did we say yes to serving Jesus? Why did we say yes to leading a ministry? Why did we say yes to going with our husbands who's taken on a pastor role? Some of you are like, I tried to say no. <laughs> I tried to say no, but God did you know? But like, when you go back to the why we do what we do, we don't do what we do because it's easy, right, ladies? We don't do what we do because we make a lot of money, right? <laughs> we do what we do because we want people to know Jesus. So we got to think about every time we gather with women, whether it's in a ladies' ministry event, whether it's a Bible study, whether it's just having friends into our home, we got to go back to the why. Because we're not gathering just to gather. We're gathering with a purpose. And so we've been reconciled to God, and then we've been given this ministry of reconciliation. Purpose really does drive our agenda each day. You know, we wake up with a list of things that we need to get done. And sometimes our purpose for the day becomes getting all the things on our checklist done. In reality, though, our purpose is the ministry of reconciliation. And the things on our checklist are the avenues that God has given us to live out the ministry that he's given us. And so recognizing it's why our ministries exist. The Lord just convicted me uh, of this Quite a while ago, there was a friend having a baby and another friend who passed away on the same week. And it was such a reminder that, that life is a gift, but life is also so short. And so we've got to make the most of every moment. Um, so we're going to do two things right now. I'm going to put some questions up here. Um, these two questions. Let me give you three minutes around your table to talk about this. Because I think what we have to do is kind of know where we are right now 
so that we know where we need to go. Does that make sense? So evaluate your own life right now as a ministry leader. And you can share this with people around the table if you want to, or you can just write it down. Uh, but how evangelistic are you in your personal life as a ministry leader? And how evangelistic is your ministry? Okay. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full, free, abundant life that Jesus provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to the Arkansas Baptist Women podcast. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit our website at absc.org abw. Come back next time as we continue to talk about how we can worship, grow, connect, serve, and share together. I can't wait to talk to you soon.